Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark and joining me on today's episode is Liam Cormier, the lead singer from the incredible band Cancer Bats. Cancer Bats are one of the bands I've seen many times. I own all of their albums. I think they're one of the best hardcore punk bands out there and it's been an absolute pleasure to sit down and talk with him and I can't wait to share this interview with you very, very shortly. But in true typical Mark and Me fashion, I do like to touch base and talk about my last episode. I sat down and talked to Brandon Cronenberg, yes, the film director behind one of my films of the year, Possessor. It was a great interview and one of the best things was seeing the response and how many people then took it upon themselves to check out the movie and how many people really enjoyed it and also put it into their sort of top five or top tens of the year. It really is one of the best films I've seen this year and I urge you all to go and check it out. But as I just said, today's a big day and my first episode of 2021 and I'm joined by Liam from the incredible band Cancer Bats. So I think the best thing to do now is get straight to that interview. So here's me and Liam talking all things music. How's it going, Liam? Good, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking the time to join me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What I want to do today is take it back to the start and find out some of the first albums that you bought that made you fall in love with the music and the bands that you love and play with today. I'm always into uh, into an old school... I guess like memory memory lane of records. Yeah. I feel like that's why we're all into this is, you know, from getting into like punk and hardcore and all that kind of stuff from back in the day. So can you remember some of those first kind of albums when you were a kid that you went out and bought with your pocket money and that you'd like listened to and got this kind of CD inlays and was like obsessed with? Uh, I mean, for me, back in the day, I was actually buying cassettes. Yeah. And that was like a big thing in, uh, I'm a child of the 80s. So I feel like getting cassettes was like the big thing, but also like being able to dub cassettes, like meant that you were able to like, you know, kind of expand your whole record collection. So having people like my uncles and stuff, like making me like uh, cassettes of their like, old like vinyl record collection like finding out that i was into like led zeppelin and then them making me like every led zeppelin uh cassette off of their collection so i like all of a sudden had like you know 12 led zeppelin records to like choose from uh and all that stuff like acdc rolling stones that was like when i was like really young like when i was like you know nine and ten years old like yeah like you said like first allowance or like birthday money like buying these like cassettes and being like, okay, I'm going to get the live double cassette of ACDC to like uh, kind of maximize my like spend because this has all the hits on it. <laughs> and then obviously it changes as soon as you go and see a band live. I think that's when I really kind of appreciated music the most. Can you remember those first gigs that you went to that you saw these bands like on stage doing what you were so used just to listening to on tape? Yeah, I mean, especially being uh, like a young kid in Canada, like I, I, you know, we didn't have as many of like these big shows kind of like happening. So when, yeah, when I started seeing bands and like, I guess like the big thing that shifted for me was like, yeah, you would go see like, I don't know, like a concert with like your parents and it would be like, I don't know, seeing like some like kind of like folk concert or something and it didn't really translate in the same way but then seeing a band that you liked and only you knew about like within like punk rock or like indie rock and they were like in a small setting 
like for me like getting to like go see like punk bands like in the 90s like i was like oh this is crazy i remember seeing rancid i got to see rancid on like um outcome the wolves no. like that tour and i remember that being like such a huge like shift in everything for me because it was like oh this is like only for like punks you know only for like kind of like our own like outcast kind of like culture even though like the videos were on like tv and stuff like that i felt like that was when it started like to really click about like punk and hardcore and like those kind of things and that was when i was like 15 years old like 16 years old like that kind of like idea of being a part of like a scene and like how much of an impact that kind of like made i always think of that as like my first concert really and then did that give you much of a love at kind of that age of 14 15 to then think i want to be in a band or was it a lot later on that you started kind of hanging out with mates and trying to make music no that i definitely like always wanted to be in a band like even from when i was like like younger i always wanted to play drums like listening to like nirvana and pearl jam and like being super into like grunge and that whole scene I was like, oh, I want to play drums and like be in like a grunge band. But like I could never afford a drum kit. I would just play like drums on like the couch. Yeah. Try and like figure it out that way. And like had some like older, like my friend's older brother like taught us not on a drum kit, but just like sitting on the couch, like how to use a kick pedal, like that idea to be like, okay, you got to like kick with your like right foot while you're like keeping this beat and i was like i remember just like such a funny idea of being like these like broke kids who like couldn't get instruments we didn't go to a school that had like musical instruments or anything and it was like i need to get drums <laughs> but then i never ended up playing drums in a band so it was funny it was like instantly i like got drums and started learning how and then my friends were like we need a singer and i was like no when you were studying and you were at school and college and stuff, what were your kind of aspirations then? Did you just say, look, fuck this, I just want to be in a band? Or were there kind of subjects that you were kind of drawn to that you thought, I better do this to keep the parents happy and to make sure I've got a proper career? Yeah, no, me going to university was definitely like trying to keep my parents happy. And also like very much like where I grew up, like that was kind of like what was expected of everyone was like, you go to university. That's like, it's not an option. Uh, so like would spend my summer like working, playing in bands, like doing stuff. And then like to just like pay for like tuition to like go to school. And I was like, this sucks. I hate this. And uh, yeah, all I wanted to do was go on tour. Cause that was when I, by the time I was like in university, I was like 20. I yeah. was just like dying to like, be be doing things and i had friends that were already like starting to tour and like we're going to the states and we're like making a go of it with bands and i was like yeah it's like all i wanted to do so i ended i ended up just like uh failing out of school and like just like focusing basically on like music did you get the support from your family? Because obviously I was in a band when I was younger. It didn't do very well. But, you know, to turn around to your parents and say stuff like, it's okay, I'm going to be in a band. I'm going to go out on tour. I'm going to earn enough money. And they're like, well, you kind of need to get a real job, son. You know, and it's like, did you get that backing from them? Yeah, I mean, once they kind of like saw how serious we were taking it, like once Cancer Rat started, 
basically like we like very quickly got like uh a lot of like really good opportunities yeah because we had friends in like bands that were already doing things and because we'd kind of like already been doing a lot of groundwork in other bands so by the time like cancer bats was kind of like a thing it was like we had like a record deal and like we had like the support from all these other bands and we were already starting to like actually tour i think for us because we were like 24 years old we were like okay like we're running out of time to take this seriously like i felt like that that like moment of like yeah people kind of like accepting that this was like your thing you were going to try and make a go of we were like oh if we if we're going to like make this band work we have to do it like right now and we have to like hit the ground running so i felt like in a lot of ways we were making up for like kind of lost time and it's amazing now when we're sitting here that you've been in a band for nearly 15 years it's insane like you're like yeah fuck and not many bands achieve it, you know, like Deftones, I have much respect for, but so many of these bands nowadays that you fall in love with break up after a few years. What do you think it is about you guys that have just kept on going and you still seem like you have the hunger that you had, you know, a decade ago? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think like in a lot of ways, we've been really fortunate to, to kind of have like such amazing support. I think like the fact that we have so many like rad fans and like people who are like, you know, super into the band and like want us to like keep going. Like, I feel like that's a huge thing too. And I mean, for us, like we've been very, uh, I guess like careful in terms of like how we've progressed as a band. Like we we're like, you know, as much as this is like serious and like we want to be doing this, we also have like tried to make sure that we have like some other things going on in our lives too, to like have a balance yeah so like when it comes time to doing cancer bats we're doing it because we love it and then we also have like other passion projects i think that's been like the biggest thing for like our kind of like longevity yeah um, like for us we looked at a lot of other bands that were like career you know you look at like heavy bands like neurosis and like converge and like they all have like other cool things going on like yeah. Converge is probably like the biggest inspiration for us because I look at that, that band and how all the members like Kurt Ballou does recording, like Jake runs death wish, like all of those dudes have their own thing outside of like making this like incredible, like brutal heavy band. Yeah. They're not at any point like trying to like shift and make a pop ballad so that they could like, you know, like be more financially successful or whatever. I just like, we saw that model and we were like, okay, we just need to like converge our band and like everyone should get like a cool, like, you know, side hustle, passion project, like thing to like also balance this out. So we can like, you know, have a little bit of like space to, yeah. to like make sure that we can do this. And so that like the, like the, I don't know, the like pressure of like just cancer bats being our only thing. We yeah. can kind of keep that more as like, it still makes it fun. Like it still makes it like where we want to like make heavy music and we don't have to worry about like, you know, like losing our houses. Or whatever. And you talked then about the balance and making sure that everyone had their kind of other thing to go to is yours, the whole Treadwell clothing range. Is yeah. that what you get your kind of kick out of when you're not doing music? Yeah. So for me, that was like starting, starting Treadwell and like 
Also, I feel like it's really important to have a break from music. Yeah. I think to like, for me, I really needed something and that was like the motorcycle community. Um, And so like having that as like a hobby and a passion, but also like a world where there's a few people that like I ride with that like think cancer bats are cool. But then there's a ton of other people who like have no idea like what that band is or like that that's my job or like how that even makes sense. Uh, And like that I think is like, it's really rad and it's really like refreshing to like have that as like a kind of like different outlet instead of just being like a thousand percent music like all the time. Yeah, it's not healthy. I mean, I love podcasting, but I need a break sometimes because I end up just getting like, it just feels like work if I'm editing and then trying to get it all mixed and everything, then becomes no fun. So if I have a break, I miss it. I come back, I'm like, oh, that's why I love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that too, like with, even with tour, like there's points where like tour can feel like a real job. Yeah. And like, that's the last thing I want for like when you're going to see a concert you don't want someone to be like just slugging it out at work no everyone's there to like you know have the best time and wants to like you know really like dive into it so yeah there was like those points where i feel like being on tour for like you know 250 shows a year you're like uh we gotta take we gotta take a break to like make sure we're still like passionate about this and have you have you felt like that in the past where you've kind of been looking forward to that break because you've just realized that that tour's too demanding, it's too many nights, it's too many sound checks, and it's just like, ugh, I need a break. Yeah, when you, like, there's been those years where we were just, like, on tour nonstop, and you kind of don't have a chance to, like, catch your breath. Uh, and you're, like, pay, playing through, like, injuries and stuff like that, and, like, you know you're not you know, putting on the best show. And it's like, that's, I don't want to feel like that, you know, for anyone. That's where we, we also like in coming up with like kind of these other like things for us to do, we've struck like a better balance of like only touring, you know, we only tour for three weeks at a time that, that way we know we can give like the best shows possible for that amount of time. And then also the other guys, like some of them have kids too. So to make sure that they're like, also getting to be dads and like getting to see their families and like doing all that stuff I think is really important too. I think as well people don't realize that they're in bands that the crowd see it you know I've been to see bands like System of a Down a couple of years ago and I could just see that they were just going through the motions of just playing a show yeah songs and there's no kind of there was just nothing there was nothing more than just it was like watching a dvd on stage and it just yeah. felt like there was no interaction there's no mix with the crowd. And I just felt like they were just going through the motions and you could just see it from everything. And there's nothing worse than looking forward to seeing a band. You've spent loads of money. You've got a t-shirt, you've got beers, you've got your friends around you. And the band are just like going through this whole, we'll play the set, we'll play the songs. We're good evening. We're system of down. Good night. And that's it. You're like, that was, yeah. what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Or you see like maybe one guy is like going off and then you still can't help but be distracted by like, yeah, the other two, you know, a guitar player that's just standing there. It's like that kind of stuff. Yeah, we've all been to those shows and it's like such a bum out. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, I was just like, we, we were actually like all talking about that, like had like a decided like meeting of like, I just never want to be... I never want someone to say that about a cancer bat show. No. You know, like I think of 
how, especially like in hindsight now, like how much people like get out of those shows, like emotionally and like how, how important that is. Like you said, like you're getting your friends together. Like this is like a huge thing for like the culmination of that to be like a bunch of dudes standing there, like just waiting to get a paycheck while pyro goes off. You're like, this sucks. And that, that almost is like, for me, more the reality of like seeing like you know a lot of those like big shows where yeah. you're just like this doesn't have that like intensity but like man every time i go and see converge like it's awesome like yeah. <laughs> makes me want to like you know get in the pit and like get crazy and like that's what you want out of those shows we need more bands like converge yeah exactly and then obviously right now we're in a weird situation where you're you haven't even got the opportunity to go out and do shows however you feel because the world's just gone insane. And how are you finding it? Is it just like you've lost a limb? Are you like, have you got that itch to just get back on stage more than ever? Uh, I mean, for us, like we had just toured like for two years uh, off of like the spark that moves. And honestly, those shows were some of the best that we've like ever played. Like we were having such an amazing time and like, getting to go back to like, you know, a lot of places like Australia and those being like the best times we've ever played there. Um, So we kind of, in a, in a way, like we were already planning on having this year be like really chill. Yeah. And we were going to be working on some new stuff. um, And like, yeah, taking a, a much needed break. So for us, we didn't have like a ton of shows uh, lined up that we had to like reschedule or anything. But I will say at this point, it's like, it's crazy to have been like a year since we were last on like tour, like with Comeback Kid and Sick of It All. And like thinking about that being like now a year that we haven't had like a full, a full tour. But for Cancer Bats, we've definitely had years in the past. Like 2014, we only played three shows. Yeah, You know, like there's been some years in our lives where we've, we've, taken a break and like spend some time at home. So I feel like in a lot of ways we were a little bit more prepared for this than some of our other friends and bands. Um, the only thing though that we are really itching to do is that like normally in downtime, we're like jamming still all the time. We're still like playing music together. Yeah. Uh, but Cancer Rats now, we all live in different cities, like really far away from each other. So I live in in east coast canada in halifax yeah and mike lives in like central like canada and winnipeg so basically like i live in like the equivalent of like boston and mike lives in like minneapolis jesus for like a reference like we're so far apart and then jay and scott are like in the middle um so like even with like the travel restrictions like i can't go and see those guys uh, unless I like, I have to like quarantine for like two weeks Yeah. to like even go see them and like vice versa. If they come out here, when they come back, they have to quarantine for two weeks. So that whole side of things has been crazy. Cause we're like, Oh, we're like, we can write stuff over the internet like, yeah. to a certain extent, but we're like, we're like a band that needs to like play together. Like we're like, you know, not, we're not like jamming to a click at home because that's the worst yeah so for us it's like yeah we've really been missing that 
aspect and that's really like slowed down the like kind of like writing idea that we've had of being like oh we can take this time and like we'll work on all this stuff and we're like ooh, we can't actually even like be in the same like province to like work on stuff together so have you got much writing done this year with the fact that at least you've been having more time and chilling out and even though it's shit that those guys are so far away do you kind of bounce ideas off each other not really i feel like in a lot of ways we're just like more like talking about ideas yeah which we in a way is like really good because this will be like the least rushed like set of music that we've ever like put together because we are just like if anything we're just like sending like i'm like sending the dudes like old skateboard videos from the 90s and like old snowboard videos that have like you know like ministry as the soundtrack yeah and like old like that kind of stuff to be like this is where i'm at like this is what's making me punk to like make music but there's no like oh yeah this is the riff that i did because of that i'm more like yo look at this live buzz oven set from like new york city in like 1997 like this is sick we should like this is the vibe that we need and that's kind of like been been our writing process is just like sending cool old like youtube clips so have you guys got any kind of plans to then go into next year and start trying to get together and doing more writing as a foursome in the same room and to actually put some ideas and demos together? Yeah, I think it'll really depend on like what the the kind of like government like regulations are, yeah. especially for it. the main thing is like Jay and I like uh, don't have kids. Right. So we're kind of like the ones that can do whatever we want. Yeah. And the dads are a little bit more like, they've got to be dads. That's like job number one. Um, so for us, like, I think the plan will probably be more like Jay and I will get together to like start, which, which is in a way like traditionally how we've been doing the last few records. Like Jay and I can put together like a real basic, like I'll play drums, Jay will play guitar. We'll get some like riff ideas going and then, that's kind of where like Scott and like Mikey like really shine. Cause it's like, we have like a basic, like just real rough frame. And then those guys are like, Oh, okay, sick. I can do blah, 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 this on top, which is like not where I excel, you know? So it's kind of like, we'll just do a little bit of that more in parts. So I feel like Jay and I might like, I don't know, hold ourselves up in like a cabin in the woods or something. And like, just like riff for a two week quarantine. And like put that, put that to the rest of the dudes and see what they can do with it. So you've not got any kind of pressures from the label and stuff to say, look, we need a new album soon. Are they all cool with what you do when you do it? I mean, that's the best part is that like we we are the label now. Yeah. So we have like the least. We have no management. We have no label. We have like zero pressure from anyone, which I feel like super thankful for uh and like yeah it's just kind of like as much as we want to kind of like organize things and that's like again like where we can kind of just like the acoustic ep that we just did that's like about to come out like that was just like well why don't we just do this yeah you know, like this is something fun that we can do and more with the spirit of like just like entertaining our fans and like giving someone or giving something to like everyone who's like sat at home like kind of like waiting for like something to happen it's like well at least like here's something that we'll do we could do this easily and that's fun and like it's kind of a new spin on things 
And I've seen the response on Instagram. People seem to be really digging the different versions of the classic songs. And then is there talk already of volume two? Well, yeah, that was when we were we were doing the like volume or when I was like, oh, we could call this one like volume one. Yeah. It's just an EP. But also because we had there's like a, a bunch of other songs that we like started to work on, but like kind of needed a bit more time. And we didn't want this to just keep getting dragged out for the idea of us like needing 12 songs or whatever. So we we're like, OK, well, why don't we just like let's put out what we have for right now. And then if people really like it, we'll like maybe dust off some of these other ideas or maybe we'll we'll pick up some other ones. But uh, yeah, so far the response has been great. So I feel like the the plan will be to do some more uh, for next year. That's awesome. And at the moment, have you got kind of ideas of next maybe summer doing festivals if, you know, the government allow it? Yeah, again, like sort of just like waiting to hear back on what's going to happen with that. Because um, we were we were supposed to play Leeds and Reading Fest. Yeah. Uh, and which we're really looking forward to. Like that stage was going to be awesome. So I don't know. I like we're down for it. I mean, I guess now that people are getting vaccines and people are seeing like what's going to actually like happen. But I think it'll be more like we'll know like by March or April, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of like where I'm at. I'm not in a rush. I'm just sort of like enjoying. Yeah. You like seem content and happy with the way things are going. You've got no pressure from a label. You're writing songs when you want, you're doing what you want. It seems like a good place to be in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we're all like, there's no internal pressure either. Like I feel like everyone, again, because we have these other sort of like side I will, I, we always call them side hustles yeah. because we have all these other like kind of projects that we're doing. That also is nice to be able to like spend some time. Like I love doing the Treadwell stuff. It's like super fun. Like Scott is super busy, like mixing bands and like doing some recordings when he can. Uh, Jay like has a full wood shop that he like runs and like now has time to do like bigger projects that's awesome. We realize, like some of that stuff like takes him like months yeah. to like, build and like he's never had a chance to like kind of do any of those projects because you know we usually have to tour we have to like be working on the band so for him he's like really enjoying like you know doing these like bigger kind of like build out wood things <laughs> so yeah I feel like that's kind of like been the nice side too that like every, every time we kind of like check in and are chatting amongst the band everybody's like really happy obviously like it's you know it sucks and we miss each other but it's still like a great time to kind of like experience some of these different things and a question i ask everyone that comes on the podcast it doesn't matter if they're a cinematographer uh, an editor a musician a lot of people that listen are trying to get into the business are in bands themselves playing shows when they can doing anything they can to get more music out on Spotify and all these sort of streaming channels. What advice do you give for someone that's nearly done 15 years and got success and seen the whole kind of transition to streaming and you, you, you kind of have to get out there now and play music, you know, all the bands I used to check out like Korn and, you know, Metallica, they used to play one or two shows a year. Now they're playing 50 yeah. and they need the money. What, what advice do you give to people that want to kind of, make a name for themselves in the industry uh, i mean i think the the biggest thing that i always tell like new bands or like you know kids who are looking to do this is that 
you you really need to enjoy like every aspect of it yeah for us like we all we wanted to do was go on tour like i love being on tour and that side of things is like like playing live shows and like being on tour but like all of the aspects like you need to like you know kind of like if that's like what you're passionate about and you enjoy like traveling and like I love like going to different cities and like even when I'm not on tour like I still love like traveling and riding my motorcycle and like doing stuff like that and then vice versa like going into the studio like that should be like a labor of love and like you should enjoy this and like find ways that like like gets you really excited to do that and then also like to carry that over like I think like social media like you should be having fun with that side of it like I feel like any of those points that feel like a chore you know it's just like but you need to like be doing this because that's also going to become something creative and something that you enjoy doing it's like yeah there's hard times and like man I don't love doing accounting like I don't love like every minute aspect but when you look at like more of these things as less of like a oh, this is going to be such a drag and like, I hate doing this. It's like, well, then you're just going to hate the whole time that you're doing it. And yeah. you're not going to be, it's, it's not going to make any sense to you. But if you're like, man, I'm going to make like a music video or I'm going to make a TikTok video because it's going to be hilarious. And like, that's your motivation. It's like, that's where I see things like working out for people. Not when someone's like sitting there trying to like really like beat the algorithm it's like, that's not why you became a musician. Like you, you got into this because you were like, you know, like passionate about it and you were excited from seeing, you know, what other people were doing. And it's like, I feel like to keep that same mentality, you know, even, and that's where I feel like the balance and the struggle becomes is like, how do you still make things like fun? You know, even though it's your job, even though there's like a risk to like everything that we do, I feel like it's like making sure that the reason why you're doing it is because it's like, it's super fun. And it's like, it's awesome. It's way better than just like getting a normal job, you know? And I think of those kind of like things as like, there's times like exactly like the, the guys standing on stage, like not having any fun. Yeah. Man. Like, yeah, those dudes, I'm like, I wish you weren't taking up space in the music industry. Yeah. Like there's so many people that like want to be in this position that like, I get it. It's like, you know, it's hard to like, to keep that mindset sometimes, but like that to me is like the most important thing. Yeah. Especially when anyone would do anything to be up there and give anything to be on the smaller stage, never mind the main stage where they set out these venues and then they just go like fucking puppets and just do what's needed. And then that's it. Yeah, It's the most depressing thing. But I mean, in a way, like, that's where, like, I feel like playing for us, like, I, I genuinely feel like, uh, like, lucky that we, like, can make a career out of playing smaller shows. Yeah. Because, like, no one's like, oh, man, like, playing an arena is cool. And, like, it, you're, like, the feeling is, like, insane. But at the same time, you're so disconnected from those people that are there. Yeah. So that's almost why I can see like people, you know, like feeling that like when they're in that position, but when you're in like, you know, like a 500 cap club or like, there's like, you know, you can see that there's like, like 300 people like climbing off like the walls and like hanging from the ceiling. Like, 
man, there's no way you can half-ass that show. Right. Like that energy is like crazy. So for me, I'm just like, oh, I love that we've been able to like, like I feel really fortunate that our career allows us to still play these shows that are like way more fun than like playing like the, the big like festival, you know, kind of like style stage every single night. Like I'm like, oh, I could also see where that becomes a disconnect. That comes to an end. And uh, I just wanted to thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. It's uh, inspiring to hear that you're still so much in love with this. And, you know, it feels like you're not giving up anytime soon. Yeah. Cheers, man. Well, thanks for having me on. I really, uh, I really like chatting about this. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Liam. And as I said at the start of today's interview, Cancer Bats are one of the best bands out there, easily one of the best live bands, and on record they're just as good. I urge you when the world goes back to normal and they do tour again in the UK, or if you're listening to this abroad and they do announce some shows, go and check them out. You will not regret it. Thanks again to Liam for sitting down and talking to me and taking the time to give me a great interview. It's been one of my favourites and a great one to start the new year with. And a massive thanks to Emma for making this interview happen. You're an absolute legend and I appreciate it so, so much. If you're new to Mark and Me, there's another 113 episodes sitting there for you right now with many actors, directors, bands, singers, loads of variety. And honestly, I'm sure you'll love every single one of them. And if you do, please jump on markandme.com. On there, there's links to my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram and my email. I take it upon myself to reply to every message that I ever receive and I really love getting feedback. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, please let me know. And also hit that share button. If you're on social media, it makes a massive difference. It gets new people involved and hopefully builds the audience behind this podcast, which helps me massively. I do have a Patreon page on there every month. I offer episodes early. I got some incredible prizes, signed merchandise and stuff that money can't buy, especially if you're fans of art and you've recently listened to my Voice Behind the Art series. On there, I've been able to get some exclusive artist prints, artist approved prints and very rare artwork signed by them. And I'm only giving this away to people on my Patreon. So you can sign up on there for as little as a pound a month and all that money goes right back into the podcast. It allows me to record more and more episodes, which mean more and more podcasts for you guys out there. I'll be back because things are very busy in only a few days time with a brand new episode. It's going to be full on this year. Last year was absolutely manic but my aim is to beat it and release even more episodes this year. Thanks again for sticking with this podcast and I can't wait to share some new episodes with you soon. So until then, take care and I'll speak to you all soon. Seasons went just as they came The sun rose and it fell the same I was a kid back then, my soul on trial In front of their God, no home for miles When the holy war rode into town was no looking back, only looking down Before the big house they built upon this land Before they called us American
This is no man. 